Kevin stole all my friends. That's what it sounds like. That, uh, Kevin Hart, I'm going on record right now. <laughs> my, uh, I'm working to make it so I can buy my friends back. Dum 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 merry hot breath dum 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 merry hot breath dum 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 merry hot breath and hot breath hot breath Yeah Welcome all Merry Christmas and happy whatever you celebrate it doesn't really matter as long as you got presents and this hot breath presentation <laughs> is brought to you by the Joel Byers Comedy Class. Yeah, that's right. Hop on board one of the few slots we have left and take advantage of the season discounts that are good now through the new year. So check out highwirecomedy.com or joelbyerscomedy.com for registration. And another present I must discuss is our iTunes victor. Benny Pitts. Yeah! <sighs> he won this week's t-shirt giveaway with a five-star iTunes review calling Hot Breath, quote, a comedy college. And he calls me the professor. Uh, he did spell professor wrong. But uh, that's why I teach the Joel Byers comedy class at Highwire Comedy. But in the meantime, congratulations to Benny for winning the premium Hot Breath t-shirt. They are also for sale for any interested parties out there. And thank you, other interested parties, for leaving your iTunes reviews. We got a lot of supportive feedback, like Reggie Pushup calling, This is a great podcast for comics and people that love comedy. As well as Mr. Diladante saying, Quote, often full of insights about emerging comedians and often hilarious. Well, that is the goal, and we will continue to exceed your hot breath spectations <laughs> with this week's episode featuring Atlanta mogul Rodney Perry. Mm, mm, mm. He's a guest I've had my sights on since day one. This comedian, actor, writer, producer, radio DJ, father of six, drops gem after gem of information ranging from how Kevin Hart bought all his friends to his emerging role as the face of an up-and-coming television network. We also discuss a booze story you must hear to believe. So, let's get to it with a holiday hot breath. And Rodney Perry. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Well, first off, thank you for doing this, by the way. Joe Byers, what's up, baby? <sighs> we out here. Let's see if if you could just uh, <laughs> please say your full name into the microphone. Uh, Rodney, full name, a real full name, Rodney Benjamin Perry. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Only a handful of people know that. 
Well, now all the hot brother and sister know that. I love it. So Rodney Benjamin Perry. Yeah. Thank you for being on Hot Breath, sir. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited because you are hashtag <laughs> Am I? hardest working man in comedy. Do I have a hashtag? Yeah, you got I the hashtag. I think I created the hashtag. Actually. You did. You've got the flyers, hashtag hardest working man in comedy. Yeah. So comedian, actor, writer, producer, radio DJ, where does the work ethic come from? Oh, man. Um, where does the work ethic come from? Uh, maybe, maybe the Navy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's kind of got to be in you, you know, even, even you know, the, the, the Navy helped me focus the work ethic. You know, I spent eight years in the Navy from 90 to 98. Um, but I just kind of believe in it, man. I believe in hard work, even even in a a, a profession that's kind of recreational, like what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you still got to be willing to put that work in. And, you know, when you got miles to feed, it's not hard to stay focused. And you have just a couple miles to feed. I got a few. Six a kids. Few. Six so kids. Also you five could... girls and a boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's crazy. Like, I mean, three of them are grown. Yeah. You know, I got 27, 22, and 21. You know, no, not 21. I'm sorry. 27, 22, and 20. And then we got another set. <laughs> 14, 12, and 5. Uh-huh. So uh yeah, I've been um I've been busy. I'm pretty aggressive when it gets comes to that. Hashtag hardest working dad in comedy. Hashtag not afraid to let loose. <laughs> <laughs> All systems still go with Mr. Perry. Uh, not still, not still, not still. Not still. We do our best now. We just do our best. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many siblings did you have growing up? Uh, it's five of us. Wow. Uh, I'm the oldest of, uh, I think I got three brothers and a sister. You know, we, we grew up in a house together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have, um, you know, I have a sibling outside, you know, and then, man, it's, it's a complicated story. But, yeah, I have other <laughs> siblings, but my immediate family that I grew up with is, is five of us. And you got good genetics, though. I think your mom is a pastor. My mom, mom is a a, a minister, or a pastor, or something. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know she, her health. Her health has been waning. You know, so you know she has some. Uh, she has a condition called COPD, which is breathing. Uh, do it, you know, pulmonary and breathing and all that. So you know she can't really do as much as she used to do, but mm-hmm. she's still a spitfire. Like I'll put her on Periscope and just let her wild out <laughs> sometime. You know. So yeah, she's a she's an interesting character. Sounds like she wilds out with I know she may have been a pastor and everything, but she'd still have parties, listening to Red Fox party. Oh my god, yeah, man. I mean, growing up, that's that was really my connection to comedy. Um they would have get-togethers, you know, and listen to the party records. Mm-hmm. You know, Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Luanda Page, and my room was right off the living room. So I would lay on the floor and listen. You know, mm-hmm. as they, as they, you know, they, 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 you know, kicked it, you know, drinking, smoking, listening, laughing, and I'm on the floor listening to this comedian that wasn't there, captivate a room. Yeah. And, and, you know, so very early on, I kind of knew I wanted to be a comedian. Very. How old were you when that was going on? That had to be six or seven, eight, Cause you know, eight years old. So was it right after hearing the party records you started performing in class? Well, you know, 
Great research. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, Joe Byers. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the, 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 the class story, I had a teacher in second grade, so that's like mm. seven years old. Okay. And he would let me tell jokes at the end of the day if I was shut up throughout the course of the day. And I think he became aware of me because I would do these impressions. So I was doing like Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali, you know, a little seven-year-old kid mm -hmm. talking about, wait a minute, Howard Cosell here, sitting next to me, Muhammad, Muhammad, are you ready? Let me tell you something, Howard, you don't want none of this? Mm. I, it, and that was like, you know, my thing. And I was probably channeling my inner Rich Little or something, you know, for those of you uh, comedy heads, you know, you'll know who that is. And if you don't, then do your own work. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, that that was kind of, you know, he, he he had got inklings of that. And so that was all kind of around the same time. Okay. You know, and then I had, I had funny people. You know, my uncle is funny. You know, my mom is a funny person. My grandmother is a funny person, you know. So, but funny people and people that end up on stage are two different people. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Having to get that translated. Yeah. So you're in front of, you're being funny in front of a classroom, but then later on you would host like basketball games in high school and stuff. Still yeah. Getting we, chops. We, we left Chicago. I'm a Chicagoan. We left Chicago my junior year of high school. I mean, the, 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 the summer before, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I would, I would do my junior senior year of high school in Monroe, Louisiana, which was a culture shock. I go from the big city to the small town and, you know, I quickly became one of the funny people and one of the people that that got opportunities to like MC something or, you know, let Rodney do that. Hmm. You know, so <laughs> that was that's what that was. And I would I would host like the uh, the talent shows and stuff like that. I remember doing like a, a I lip synced this song in a talent show. Nobody knew the song. It was a Chicago <laughs> song. But talk about confidence. <laughs> I remember the song was called If You Only Knew and I was in my mind I'm killing it right they were laughing how'd it go how'd the song go if you only knew all the things that I would do that's why I lip sync because I can't <laughs> sing well, I've been thrown out of a choir that's another story yeah yeah I've been I've been asked to be asked to get up and leave a choir yeah well, you're doing the right thing and sticking to comedy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. So I guess after that is when you start doing improv. Is that when you were in college? Because I know you went to college in Louisiana as well. Yeah, it, improv came really uh, while I was in the Navy, early '90s. Mm -hmm. um, myself, uh, best friend Harry. You know, Harry Ratchford, who is currently one of the writers over there for Kevin Hart. Wow. Um, Ken Jeong, Dr. Ken Jeong. Yeah. Yeah, he was with us. From Hangover you know, and... Absolutely. Ken. Yeah. Doc, he was in medical school at the time. And he used to come out to the Monterey Whaling Company in New Orleans. I was stationed in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And we would do improv and stuff like every like Tuesday night. That was one of our moves. And um, it, it really, I think improv has... has has served me as a comedian and really given me a base in um, not being afraid of the unknown, mm -hmm. you know, because there there's comedians that are, they'll never stray out of their material. And because of my improv background, I think I'm very comfortable with, with, with the moment, you know, and uh, I think that'll serve you well in the long run as a comedian and it'll help you as a, an actor. So it's helped me all the way around, you know,
did you always stray away from material or when you started out, were you rigid? And then just as you got more confident, you opened up. Uh, I think I learned pretty early that rigid wasn't my way, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of when you, when you think of the, the I, I, I was never great at preparation. If I had been better, I may have been more rigid, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but so instead of writing, you know, early on, say, just write everything. And so I would write everything, mm -hmm. but it would made me, it made me wordy because I was trying to say every single word. So I, I quickly got away from that and just, I realized if I could, if I could give myself a buzzword, that it would it would trigger the idea to come out of my head. Okay. So and that's still kind of a technique I use now. I mean, if I write my my notes for a show, it's just maybe a single word that I need to see to trigger the joke. Wow. Yeah. That's very impressive. And your your live show is incredibly impressive. I mean, it is it is a show. This is a performance. And oh, I, I was gonna be Rodney the Entertainer. Yeah, I mean, you're all that was it. gonna be my name. <laughs> and and two weeks later, I, they was like, you know, there's a guy in St. Louis named Cedric the Entertainer. I was like, no, <laughs> say it ain't so. Oh yeah, I was gonna be Rodney the Entertainer. Oh, you had a stage name. I was going to have a stage name. Uh huh. And I but but the the flip side of that is I've always been against stage names mm -hmm. because I I. You know, you you come across so many people in life, and I wanted people to go, man, I used to know a Rodney Perry. I wonder, is that the same guy? Mm -hmm. You know, so I always wanted that. So that's why I kept my name intact in, in after Rodney the Entertainer was a no-go. <laughs> it was a bust. I wanted Rodney the Entertainer. And it turns out he ends up being one of my one of my great mentors in my career. So it all kind of came full, full circle. Full, so you get to work with an inter the entertainer. The entertainer himself. But Mr. you Cedric are an entertainer, no doubt. Yeah. Your show is 100 miles an hour the whole time. And like we said, hashtag hardest working man in comedy. You're on tour a lot. How do you day in and day out hit that note? You don't. I mean, you, you, you try to, you know, like say for instance, like right now I'm in a, I'm in a window where I'll probably be off for about 10 days. Mm -hmm. When I go back, I'll be a little rusty, you know, and, and not, not, not real rust, you know, real rust, you know, takes you a couple of weeks to get out of my rust will take me a show. Like okay. a few minutes or 20 or 30 minutes into a show before I feel my rhythm, you know, and uh, and I'm a real rhythm based comic. I think, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm at my best, I have a flow to what I'm doing. Like I can hit this. And and then, you know, there's another concept I call clarity. Like the longer you're in the game, you get a certain clarity. Like I, I can be on stage. I could have the dialogue with the audience simultaneously I got a dialogue in my head with myself, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm working out, I'm going through my set. I'm going, okay, that was hot. That worked out. What's up with that lady? Why is her arms folded like that? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, you know, chopping up the room. I'm like this dude hasn't laughed yet. Why is he not laughing? I'm going to get you. Though. I'm going to get you before the night is over. And so I'm having that dialogue and I remember not being that clear. I remember early on, I was really foggy, mm -hmm. just, just banging through jokes. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And now I, now I feel a sense of clarity. So I know when I'm not my sharpest, I know when I'm not at my, my optimal best, but my, my 60% is better than most people's hundred. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so. 
Is there a, a pre- that was the most arrogant thing I've ever said? Out no, loud. Oh, <laughs> you have earned your stripes in this game. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. you you have every right to be saying things like that because mm-hmm. you have earned your stripes, you know, and you're getting what is deserved to for yeah. sure. And you're working hard. Hashtag hardest working man in comedy. Hashtag hashtag. As we keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Is there a pregame ritual to like get you psyched up, or at this point you just I've got I've got man, you know I don't even like dudes shadow boxing and doing stuff. I don't, I don't. What I do, I will jack off sometimes. Well, I, I take that back. I do have a light. Well, that's just me. That's me by myself. Like in the comedy club Anytime bathroom? I'm by myself. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. I, 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 it wait long before I get to the club. Okay. You know, in my hotel room, a couple hours before the show, I like to, I like to dust one off. You know? <laughs> it me feel loose, you know. And, and that's not sex. I don't want sex with them. Right, 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 right. I just, I just need to go blow that off. I don't want all that. Uh, just let me go and knock this off right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will do that sometimes. Um, but, you know, as far as like, you know, hey, everybody clear out. Rodney needs his space. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. I don't need that. I, I'm, I, I like people like I like people to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I like to, you know, be cracking up. You know, I'll be I'll be cracking a joke backstage right before I walk out of the room into, you know, <laughs> so I, I like that. You know, so, you know, I, I think, you know, you got to just stay light. I try to stay light, you know, before I go work. You know, now what I will control is when I'm doing anything for television. I don't let people manipulate my energy. Other people, except me. Like I, I did, a, I did a, um, a DVD one time, and we were running late. So I get there, and they're like, "We need you to go on stage right now." I said, "I will never do that again." Wow! I would never walk off the street, uh, frazzled from outside, and go straight on stage. Because it affected my performance. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I rarely make the same mistake twice in terms of stuff like that. And my my uh, safeguard, my act, and my material. Well, it's all learning experiences. Yeah. And as you know, as a comedian, starting out, there are some harsh learning experiences. And every, <laughs> every comedian I've talked to on this podcast that have performed in Atlanta have a story of getting booed. Okay. So what is yours? Um, I've never been booed in Atlanta. Whoa. Okay. You know, but I didn't come to Atlanta till I was like later on. Yeah. I was, I didn't grow up here comedically. Right. Um, so, you know, the boo is part of the culture here in Atlanta. Like the boo is much a part of culture in Atlanta as it is in New York. It's just that thing, you know? Um, but I've had some career moments in Atlanta. I mean, uh, Jamie Foxx saw me here for Laughapalooza, mm-hmm. which really was kind of a jump start for me. Um, uh, I was on stage in Atlanta when I booked the the Medea movie. You know, when they saw me and they, you know, I went in audition the following day. So Atlanta's been good, but you know, I'm not immune to the boo. <laughs> I I didn't get a, I didn't get booed at the Apollo, but I was close. You know what I mean, like. I was right there. Yeah. Like a lot of cats be like, I never got booed. Just because you got off early don't mean you didn't get booed. Just cause you just cause you were smart enough to go, thank you, good night. Yeah. You still got you still would have got booed. Mm-hmm. So so I didn't get I didn't get booed at the Apollo, but just that's only because my set ended. <laughs> thank dismount. you. Yeah. Yeah, I got out of there. Um this is my this is my boo story. Um I had been, I was in the Navy. 
I was working in the Bay Area. I was smashing stages. I was killing. I mean, all over the Bay. I was I was one of the guys. Cat Williams was in that fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lunell, who's doing very great now, is in that fold. A lot of it was a lot of really good comedians. Um, and we we you know we were precursored by people like Mark Curry and you know of course you know Robin Williams had yeah. links to the Bay and you know the Bay Area rich comedy tradition. Uh, Ian Bag, all those guys. Um, so I've been doing well in the Bay. And so, of course, inevitably you have people that kind of champion your cause. And so, uh, at that time, Guy Tory had a room in LA, which just kind of re- resurfaced Fat Tuesday. Right, right. Fat Tuesdays, bar none, was the hottest black night in the world. At that moment, everybody came through there. Everybody, I mean, yeah. all of all the who's who of, of of urban entertainment, black actors, comedians, athletes. It was they would all converge on Tuesday night, and so uh, some friends of mine, which ironically enough, one of the girls that that were talking on my behalf, she's a comedian now, which is completely nuts <laughs> to me because I had no idea she wanted to be a comedian. But that's another story. So they they knew the guy that was booking it. They said, "You gotta." Book Rodney Perry. This dude is our guy. <laughs> Book. This is the guy. <laughs> so I go. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm very close to getting out the Navy. I'm. I'm. I'm at seven years or so. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm. I'm contemplating never doing the Navy another day after my enlistment ends. <sighs> so, uh, it's they talk me up. I go down to L.A., drive down there, my wife and I. We're kind of looking for apartments. We're kind of prepping, you know, to leave, to get out. So you're feeling confident in your comedy game. I'm feeling very confident. I know I need to be in L.A. Okay. You know, I, so, and this is going to be a good test. So uh, <laughs> I'm sleeping on my aunt's floor. Wow. She's She's dating a dude that owns a limo company. So they find out I got Fat Tuesday booked. We taking the limo, dog. <laughs> we got the limo, boom. And so you know the hierarchy of the comedy show. Uh-huh. It's the headliner, you know, some feature type guy, you know, which is a really good guy. Somebody mm-hmm. you may you should at least be familiar with. Um, uh, lesser known guy, way lesser known guy, <laughs> may, way 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 lesser known guy. Right. I probably at best. If it's four slots, I'm at best at that juncture, maybe a two. And how long you been in the comedy? Oh, I've been doing comedy eight or nine years. Okay. But in that situation, right. I was a two. Not a one, not a three. <laughs> a two. <laughs> Should have been up second. I'm a three. Uh-oh. They got me at three. <laughs> right. And so I go up. Now, mind you, I'm still in the Navy. So my dressed up is Navy dressed up. It ain't regular people dressed up. Uh You know, I'm still, you know. (laughs) Anyway, I go on stage. I'm scared shitless. And fear and comedy don't go together. You just can't be fearful Mm -hmm. and be good. I don't think. You know, the best comics are fearless. So I'm on stage. I'm scared shitless. Audience is like piranha. They smell it. I'm, I'm blood in the water. 45 seconds into my set, I start getting booed. 
<laughs> I mean, and mind you, I can still see the guy. I'm on stage. The guy came from over here. A lone white guy in the sea of black people stood up and started to boo me. Boo! Like, really, motherfucker? Are you serious? He's booing me. And the anatomy of the boo is this for anybody that does The anatomy that's, of the boo. That's not a comedian. First of all, it, it, it just burns my balls that only comics and like singers get booed. I think regular people should get booed. That's another story. <laughs> the lady that forgot to give me my fries should be booed. <laughs> all to be damned. But anyway, so this dude is booing me. I go attack him to try to get him up off me. The boo wildfires across the room. Yeah. And then that now now it's two. Two becomes three, three becomes four, four becomes five. I'm losing. It's terrible. <sighs> It's a moment. The sigh you just gave lets me know you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because if you're a real human, you don't want to see people go through this. Some people relish that. I, I hate to see any comic going through that. So I'm getting booed, full boo. Guy Tory comes out from behind the curtains like, yo, dude, you can't talk about my audience like that. So you're roasting the audience. I'm trying. Right. I'm swinging away. <laughs> I'm swinging away, but I'm Ronda Rossi in it. I'm getting toe up. <laughs> He's like, yo, man, you know, this is just a tonight. So it was a sheer curtain there. So I stepped back behind the sheer curtain and he let me have it. You know, just like he should have, I guess. You know, which it didn't feel good. Yo, I hope that dude didn't fly out here because he ain't gonna be able to get back on the plane with them bombs. You know, <laughs> that's what and he I, said. Yeah, wow. I, I'm quoting this. This is I'm reliving the moment. Yeah. So he let me have it, and in that moment, everything started to change. In that moment, somebody in the front said, "Girl, well, he didn't even get a chance." Somebody else said, "He wasn't up for like 45 seconds." Literally. Wow. Now, my, meanwhile, I came in the limo, <laughs> six people I don't know. My wife is there. But she really, she still don't go to shows, like, because of that. <laughs> she, she's there. She, I see her get into it with the, with the security down the hall. She tried to get to me. See if I'm okay. <laughs> she finally gets to me. You okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. But that's not why I came here. And, you know, just at that moment, he opens the curtains like, yo, you know, you want to try it again. I'm like, you damn right. Wow. I want to try it again. So he bring me on stage. We have like this banter. He's like, well, you having a, he said, maybe it's this Ben Vereen suit you got on. Man. Take that damn jacket <laughs> off or something. I don't know. You know, he keep clowning me still. Of course. Now, to rewind the story, when he brought me up, he introduced me like, the you know, the, the bad intro from the five heartbeats. This next guy. So he better than Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor all rolled into one. We shall see. He brought me up bad. This time he's like, yo, ladies and gentlemen, you see this guy hailing from Chicago, Illinois. Show some love for Rodney Perry. He bring me up and I got that, that bump, that little bump. Now, now I'm making an edit. Mm. I'm like, okay, you just bombed. First joke is not the joke. Can't go back. Do your closer. I do the bit I was going to close on. I don't even remember what the bit was now. But I got on the last scale, on the scale of one to ten, I might have got a seven, six, and three quarters. <laughs> we'll round up. Seven-ish. And I just took a deep breath. <sighs> I said, like, you know what? I think that's all I'm going to get out of y'all tonight. And I walked off the stage. And I remember saying... 
I was definitely getting out the Navy. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind at that point. Because mm-hmm. I knew if I could go through the gamut of emotion I went through that night, that the, the I could I could do this comedy thing for real. And so I got out the Navy, man. I knew at that moment I, I, I was out. Now, I still got to ride home in the limo with these people that think I'm terrible. <laughs> you didn't redeem yourself coming back I, re- I redeemed myself in my eyes, but I mean... In a lot of people's eyes, it was still a bomb. All people see is the is the is the spike. Right. The spike was the bomb. <laughs> the redemption is great for the story now. Mm-hmm. But in real life, the spike was the bomb. And so the bomb spike, the dude that booked the show wouldn't book me for two years. Wow. Two years. He wouldn't even ha- he wouldn't even entertain the thoughts. <laughs> hey, you know, Rodney made me killing around town. Uh huh. <laughs> not when I saw him right right so but but he ended up being one of the cooler guys and a, and a friend you know so that's that's the bomb you know and I but this crazy I bombed recently what I bombed I did a college uh, Marvin Dixon booked me at a college in Tallahassee FAMU homecoming the Rattlers college 45 <laughs> year old Roddy Perry <laughs> They were the sweetest group of kids. They didn't really let me have it. They didn't buy. They didn't bow me. They didn't boo me. You know, so I can. I could. I could. I could. If I. If I. If I didn't know me, I could say I did okay. But I didn't do okay. It was. It was horrible. You know. It was. I was stressed out. I wanted to leave that night, but I was tired. <laughs> From bombing. <laughs> From bombing. The bombing was exhausting. But, but you know, but th- this is, uh, in, in my defense, I did one thing I said I wouldn't do. I drove in, got straight off straight off the road, went up. Uh, I was fatigued because I had been pounding Red Bulls all day to get there. And so, um, and the ride was longer than I thought. So I miscalculated the ride. I should have left earlier. And I would have had a chance to kind of recharge Boom, boom. And 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 the other guys on the show were in my wheelhouse. In, in my in my not not in my um not my material, but in the things I talk about. Oh wow. You know, so I was like, yeah. So, but that's neither here nor there. There's no excuses. It's always you. Boom. It's always you. It's always something you as the comedian can do to, to make an adjustment. Even when it's the audience, it's you. Because it could be the audience. Mm-hmm. But even when it's them, it's still you. <laughs> you know, I, I heard Arsenio say that one day, it's never the audience. It's always something you could do as a professional to make the night go right for those people that's sitting out there. So what adjustments did you try to make? You're like 20 minutes in, like, okay, I'm... I only had to do 20, so 20 was oh. great. Oh. So I, I, I came out, the first five were cool. I, I think... My misstep was my own misstep because in my mind, I was just too old to be there. And so I would have to, I would have to correct that before I got on stage. I would have to correct that thinking because if you, you know, as, you know, as, as, as a man goes, as a man, mind goes, goes that man. So, you know, my, I'd already lost, you know, and again, comedy is all confidence. And so uh, I was just a little off. And and if I can be off, anybody can be off. Yeah. 
you know, because I mean, I'm never off. I mean, that's the first bad set I've had easily 10 years. Easily. You've been doing it over 20. Over 20. Yeah, over 20. So anybody can bomb. Nobody's immune. Nobody's immune. Nobody's immune. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in much more control now than I've ever been, you know, as far as that. You know, I mean, you hard pressed to, to catch me on a bad night, even even on a pop in or guest set. You know, I'll I'll be you know remarkable. I you mean, know? I've <laughs> seen you like. I remember the first time I saw you perform. This was at Encore back okay. when uh, K Dub used to host Encore. Encore is a potential bomb spot for the place. Before <laughs> the place closed down, now K Dub's you know he's part of Hustle Gang and all that with Ti doing right. big things, and you were headlining the show. There was probably about 15 people in there. And there's this moment I'll never forget where there, were, there was a booth. Because it was kind of a bougie, you know, uh, uppity place. People it's like an like, uppity young group. It's a weird. Yeah, you're like, it was, like, why are you uppity? Yeah, I always bombed there. But I kept going back like, I'm going to get them. Exactly. I got them once and then bombed I love after that. that. I yeah. love that. Though. I love that you can never let a place have uh, uh, power mm-hmm. because you never know when you got a showcase there. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know who's in the audience as well. Exactly. Ever. But in this particular night, there were about 15 people, but you never know who's there. But this booth over here was talking and you had, I think this was the first time I noticed like just being able to feel engagement, like you engaged with the people in the room and there was like an intimate connection because sometimes the smaller shows are like some of the best ones. Yeah. You have the most fun with. And And, And on the flip side, the toughest. Because yeah. people make a choice when it's a smaller room. Like when it's packed, peer pressure kicks in. If if you don't get a joke and it's packed and everybody gets it and you don't, <laughs> you kind of roll with the group. Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's not packed and you don't get it, you just go, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> just smoke the hookah and keep yeah. it moving. Tell us this guy talking about. So yeah. what you did was this this booth on the right was like talking while you're on stage. And you didn't even address them. You literally were in the middle of a sentence and you waved your hand at them. Oh, God. <laughs> and they stopped talking. <laughs> that is you, not true. You I made sw- it up. Joe I <laughs> swear you Jedi these people. I will never forget. And since I saw that moment, I've been wanting to ask you that for like three or four years Are now. Are you serious? I swear you were just doing your material and you waved your hand at them and kept going. And they stopped talking wow. the rest of the show. I wonder, I wonder, did I go, shh? As far as I remember, you literally just, these are not the droids you're looking for. Wow. And just kept the show going. I'm amazing if <laughs> I did that. If I did that, I, I don't that, remember that, but. Okay. I, I didn't know if that was I, a now, Jedi I, thing, I, you know, clarity. I've done stuff like that. There's little techniques to quiet people. One, mm-hmm. become quiet. You can become quiet and people get quiet. Cause you got to think like when you're talking and then you, you, what, what your natural sense is, if you're talking and they're talking is to elevate, but if you elevate, they'll elevate if they're talking. But if you go to nothing, then they'll go to nothing. And then it's just, it's just light psychology. I'm not claiming to be, but it it works. It works though. Just if you ever want people to be quiet, just be quiet, and they'll they'll give. Uh, 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 what's going on? 
And you're like, oh, this shit works. Okay, great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a long way from the the Navy, you could say. I, I want to oh, yeah. get back to that for just for a second because you were mm-hmm. the cool guy in high school and everything, hosting stuff. But in the Navy, like, you knew after performing at Fat Tuesday, okay, I need to move to L.A. But was yeah. there somebody in the Navy like, hey, you need to be going to L.A. and doing comedy? Not really, but, well, I, I met Harry there, who, who, like I told you before, Harry and I, you know, we became best friends. I, we, we talked today. And uh, he like he he currently works for Kevin. What he does for Kevin Hart now, he did for me. We did for each other. Wow, you know, which is crazy. It shows how you you get prepared for your life inside your life. And you know, we you know Harry became my roommate, and I just thought he was funny. I only quit comedy once. Hmm. I was fresh in New Orleans, my first duty station, young Navy kid, and I went and performed at a gong show in New Orleans and got gonged. All gone, <laughs> which is worse than a boo. So they actually had a giant gong set up, and you would perform. If they didn't like you, somebody would grab a stick and gong your head. Wow. So I, I got gongs that night, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this ain't for me. And maybe like a week later, I met this guy, Harry Rashford, and we w- we would play dominoes. We had like a community area, so it was like a quad, four rooms, and then we had a, a community like living room that we all would kind of hang out, play dominoes, and drink beer and whatever. And this guy Harry was sitting there playing dominoes against one of the Marines, which was like arch rivals. <laughs> and the Marine, he was talking, he was talking cash shit. Harry, you ain't then uh, chinky eyes because Harry, uh, his mom is Korean, so he's oh. called all type of Asian jokes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Harry did. Cherry took him all his shots. Was like boom, boom, boom. He was taking all his <laughs> shots. And then Harry, he got quiet, and the room got quiet. And Harry said, "Man, if I was your dentist, I'd just put a cherry bomb in your mouth and say fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> and the place exploded. I mean, dudes ran out the hall. I mean, he shut this dude up for, forever. Like, I don't remember him saying another word. And after that, I'm sure he's spoken. But I don't, I, I remember that moment. I was like, yo. And I remember going, yo, you're a comedian. It's like, yeah. I saw him. I was wow. like, you're, you're, you're a comedian. I told him. He's like, man, I ain't no comedian. I don't know about no comedy. I was like, dude, you're a comedian. And he and I, at that point, we became like a team act. Oh. So we start we start doing Ratchet and Rod comedy explosion. What? Like Harry Ratchford, Rodney Perry, <laughs> Ratchet and Rod comedy explosion. <laughs> we would go in the mirror and make up stuff that <laughs> night and go do it that day. We were we were we we, we were so hot off the presses, uh-huh. material wise. So we had one bit right. <laughs> it was uh. It was essentially Ricky Smiley does little Daryl. Our character was Daryl too, but it was a two man act. So he was the handicapped Daryl, and I was the voice. So Daryl, Daryl was like handicapped looking with a smooth voice. So he, so Harry, you know, he would walk up to people in the audience. It was like improv bit, really. Now that I look back on it, so Harry would like, you know, you know, walk up to people and I was like, "What's going on, baby?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was stuff like that. It used to kill. It worked. Harry hated doing the thing though. He had it. He had it. <laughs> He had to contort his body, you know, to be this guy. He hated it. I'm like, that's our, that's the, that's our best bit. 
He hated that shit. He hated it. And we had, we had a few other bits, man, back then. And I mean, we didn't really separate from money, but you know, my passion for stand up was a little stronger, and uh, and and it became my source of income. You know, a part of my income. So that really what kind of drove us apart. But we did this over five years. Oh, did you take it to L.A.? Yeah, we we not to L.A., but while I was in the Bay Area, we were a comedy team. You know, wow. but we also started to work as individuals there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what was your big break in L.A. then? I mean, you get a bunch of big breaks, man. Um, my my what got me national notoriety. I had moved to L.A., but it happened in the Bay Area. Uh, I went back to do the Bay Area comedy competition and I swore off competitions because I felt like it wasn't art, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't what we do. And a friend of mine talked me into getting in it and I made it to the semifinals. The year I made it to the semifinals, um, I met KB, who was Sergeant Entertainer's road manager. So when I met him, and we just met just like on some regular dude stuff. He was just cool. I was cool. And um, he was like, right, I'm going to hook you up with said. And I was like, yeah, okay. At this juncture in my career, I've been around long enough to know that that's a lot. Right. But it wasn't. He called me like two weeks later. You know, this was after the Kings of Comedy and said had the Bud Light commercials. And so Bud Light gave him a tour bus. He was going around the country and he took us, myself, uh, JJ, uh, he took a JJ Jeremiah Williamson that's here, mm-hmm. uh, Prescott, that's who, who, who runs Chuckles in Memphis, uh, Lil Duval was one of the guys, uh, Roland Powell, that's his real name. Uh, we were all, we were, we were, we were, you know, that's just a few of the names that he took around the country that, that summer and I was one of them. And man, that was that was a, a big starting point for me. You know, even though I had been in the game, that started giving me the national notoriety that separates you from your peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, so I guess, is that after you were a warm-up comic for a TV show and No, that, that was connected because I warmed up. I warmed up for old drama first, but after warming up for old drama, I got Cedric's show. Okay. So that it was all kind of connected. It was all around the same time, you know, within the same two or three year period. So the Cedric touring with Cedric that summer, I go back to the competition and I win the following year. You know, because I was like supremely confident. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna win. I knew it. It was no doubt in my military mind I was gonna win, mm-hmm. and I won. So I mean, and and I mean, Michael Blackson, Dominique was in the competition. Uh, Big Rome was in the competition. I mean, it was a, it was a. Now looking back, it's a you know all these guys are doing well. It's a great group of comedians to be in. Great group. And and I and I won that I won that competition. So to to kind of give you the timeline that happened, um, I'm 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 getting kind of some notoriety. I'm doing radio in L.A. Okay. Simultaneously. Which I started doing that because I was hosting the Comedy Union on Friday nights. I'm hosting the Comedy Union Friday night. So we would do radio to advertise it. So that advertisement turned into a guy that's a member of the morning team for free, mind you. Of course. <laughs> Did that for three years for free. And people was clowning me. Wow. And I was like, but I felt like it was still building my brand. 
And I was always conscious of that. I mean, I mean, one of the best things I got out of that job is I got my LASIK surgery. <laughs> so I, I got some good eyes for a few years. It's starting to wane now, but I got I got some definitely got some, you know, uh, some good eyes out of that deal. But so that happened. I do old drama with Kim Whitley. Kim Whitley is one of the first people. She gave my first job in Hollywood. Mm. You know, she was doing work with BET and she had writers, but they, they weren't even paying us. They paid us like out of petty cash. Wow. I mean, myself, Rodman, mm-hmm. and Joey J. Dub Wells, who was on tour with Kevin and one of his writers as well. And and Joey got the job because I was there and I didn't have no car. <laughs> so Joey was driving me all around town. And I was like, yo, I'm coming, but you gotta take care of Joey too. You know? And so that was how Joey got in that game. And Joey is a real writer now. He's got writing credits and everything. You know. <laughs> so you you you're connected to two of Kevin Hart's writers. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Hey. Kevin stole all my friends. That's what it sounds like. That, uh, Kevin Hart, I'm going on record right now. <laughs> my uh, I'm working to make it so I can buy my friends back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to purchase their freedom. <laughs> Why did, what what's your connection with Kevin there? Kevin and I became friends. We did Comic View together here in Atlanta. I remember Kevin had a denim jumpsuit on. <laughs> and and I just he was just a cool guy. He was funny to me. I met I met him. I met Tone X around that time. Mm. And uh, we became cool. Then Kevin made the move out to LA. And when Kevin made the move out to LA, that's when we became kind of close. And we had we had stuff in common. We played Madden football. You know, I still play Madden football. And um we would play every day. You know, whether it was online, on, you know, or something, we played almost every day. He would come to my house. I would come to his. We played every day. So eventually you're going to meet my boys. And mm-hmm. Harry is my boy. You know me, I mean? Harry, Harry, you know, Harry and I go back years. So Harry would come to me, sit there, talk shit. We would talk, you know, we play. Right. And Harry... And Kevin became close because their wives became close. Now, mind you, neither one of them are married now. <laughs> but that's really what drove them together because their wives connected. And, and uh, you know, Harry became integral, has become an integral part of Kevin Hart's, you know, team or whatever. And uh, Joey, Joey came on board. I, I can't, I don't remember how, how Joey connected. It, it wasn't because of me, but, you know, Kevin absolutely stole another one of my friends, and he's trying to take David Arnold out. Really? Yeah, he's he's taking he's buying all my friends. Why don't he take you? I don't want it. You don't I, want it. I probably could. Let me tell you something. Kevin Hart is is one of the dopest guys in the game, and if I needed something, he would. I I could go, and he would. He would. I just don't want to be a team. I'm just. I'm just me. You know. That's, yeah. Maybe that's just just the man I am. You know. I mean, you know, I, I've been in that situation kind of with Monique, where you're right. kind of a part of a thing, mm-hmm. and um, I like to control. Now, I mean, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm not on Kevin Hart's level financially, but I'm doing good. Yeah. Would I would I swap my doing good to be doing good in a fold? No. I take my doing good. That's a comedian right there. I take my doing good. You got to stand. At the end of the day, you got to stand on stage by yourself. Yep, exactly. And I believe that's true in life. So you got to stand by yourself. You know, like like all of the guys 
you've ever opened for somebody or features for somebody, that thing has to have a shelf life. If a guy is allowing you to feature for him 15 years later, five years later, he don't respect you. Well, how long did you feature for George Lopez? Probably like two or three years. Two or three years. I worked with George. George George was great to me, though, man. I, George, George showed me what the role was, you know, and uh, I met George through another comic that that gave up his spot to me. You know, John mm-hmm. Austin was going out with George. And he was like, George, you'll like this guy, Rodney Perry. Because George, George don't like Mexican comics. <laughs> huh. He had one Mexican comic that's open for him in, in his career, and that was uh, Rudy Marino. And I remember him complaining about Rudy, man. He's getting in my lane, man. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, that's it for Rudy. <laughs> Do you hear that? You hear that? It's over. He's in my lane, Rod. He's in my lane. Well, what did you learn working with him? Because that, that's an OG comic, and you're young and, I guess, on the road with oh, yeah. him. I mean, he, he's a consummate writer. Mm-hmm. He, he he would write and tweak every single night. And he did something interesting. He would write in a shorthand nobody could read but him. Yeah. So he could leave his notepad, like you got your notes right there. Mm-hmm. He, he could leave his notes, and you you could look at it. <laughs> you ain't going to know what that shit say. <laughs> and I always thought that was interesting. And after every single show, he'd get his legal pad. And he would he would make adjustments every single show, and you would see the adjustments. Or he would ask you like, "What do you think of that bit?" Boom, boom, boom. And he he constantly made adjustments. And this dude was headlining. He's a perfect example of a guy that was that was growing exponentially. You know, like he had to go TV. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the last guys to go the natural progression comedy, 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 TV movies. You know, and he he, he graduated. See, mm-hmm. cats stop graduating. That's why you got a lot of people still in clubs that shouldn't be in clubs. And then they're absorbing weeks from me, which is absorbing weeks from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, you know, but that, that that's also attributed to reality. That's attributed to the writer strike in Hollywood. You know, a lot of stuff happened that, that affected this generation of comedians. You know, and then a lot of people can't, can't act, can't read, can't read, read. <laughs> 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 don't make me don't make me be a crass <laughs> no you're good you mean you're college educated and everything so you've got the reading down nah, i don't know about that. All that i like your wanting to blaze your own trail because you you know you have co-hosted with monique and you did radio with her and you mm-hmm. you co-hosted the bill bellamy's who's got jokes yeah but am i right in thinking that who's got jokes was originally like rodney perry's who's got jokes I don't think it ever would have been called that because I wouldn't have had the wherewithal to ask for that. Okay. I didn't know that you could ask for something like that. Uh-huh. But they did offer me the host job. So they they went to Bill Bellamy. Bill turned it down and initially. And so they came to me and, and I, I, to this day, I, I've, never, I've never done this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, let me sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> they came out the next day like, you up? Because Bill came back and said he'll do it. And I'm like, wow. And so, so Bill took it, and they didn't want to completely diss me. So they said, well, we got this other other thing that we call in Man on the Street. So you'll do all the interviews and this and that. Da, 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 da. But really, what I learned on that show, one, Bill is an incredible host. I got to watch him host a TV show, which was gold. And then what I learned also is that you have to produce Rodney Perry. I learned how to produce me. 
you know, for television. Because a lot of times people hire you, they don't know what you can do. They don't know what you will do. They don't know what you won't do. And they don't know what the thing is. They just create. So, so somebody wrote Man on the Street. What is that? So the first episode, they said, well, Rodney, most of your pieces are taped. So Bill's going to bring you out at the top of the show just to intro you. Cool. Bill's going to bring me out. I'm coming out in my drawers. <laughs> and that's what I did. And that became a thing. So what's Rodney going to do next? What's Rodney going to do next? Mm-hmm. By season four, they have a whole budget line for me. I mean, it was like costumes. They had a, a makeup lady, full makeup lady. I was coming in. I, I just, We had midgets. <laughs> we had midgets, son. <laughs> <laughs> Trailblazers. They they wanted me to do a bit with a lion. What? I, didn't, I said no. <laughs> I said no. I said I'm not doing a bit with a lion. Bill, Bill, like, look, dude, I don't tell you how to do a job, but I wouldn't do no bit with no damn animal. <laughs> he said because you don't want to be working today. They say he's never done that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it, you, I, I learned I learned a lot on that show. You know, all, all who's got jokes, man, and and then the 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 context too in Hollywood, just the people you meet. You know, Ralph Farquhar, who ran our show, is running Kevin Hart's show now. Of course, the, the real husbands of Hollywood. Uh-huh. You know, that's all the same thing. And I had a conversation. I had a conversation with uh with Ralph, maybe two months before that. And he wanted to do a show with me. You know what I said? Let me sleep on it. No, no, I didn't. But, oh, yeah. I, but it was like, <laughs> something to, to that effect. I didn't. We didn't do it. <laughs> you said, you didn't say yes right away. I didn't say yes right away. Yeah. I didn't say yes right away. And uh, but at that time, a lot of people were getting at me because I was on television. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, you 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 just gotta know, you gotta know where you're going. You know, it. it you know, we in the comedy world, you we don't make a five year plan. We don't, but we should. You should. You know, think out ahead, look out into the future. You know, it, it's helped me in my career to do that. And it's hurt me in some respects not to have done that. Because when you when you sit down with the execs, you may only get one conversation. And they go, wait, Rodney, we like you. What do you want to do? What is it? What What's, what's your show? You got to be able to answer those questions. And and hopefully you, 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 you will have answered them in the clear and be ready to answer them in public. Are you are you happy with where your career is right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade my journey. You know, it's been rich. You know, uh, I'm doing better than most. I'm not as good as some. And um, it's always work to be done. And I'm okay with that. And I like, what I like is that you, you seems like you're doing it your way. Like yeah. you just, you're, you're one that's been climbing the ranks and graduating, as you said, because now you're hosting your own show. Mm-hmm. You're on the ground floor of a network now, right. Bounce TV. Very true. Becoming really the face, like I, in a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I tell somebody I'm, I'm the Donnie Simpson of Bounce TV. You know, <laughs> Donnie <laughs> but, Simpson. Yeah, from uh, from BET fame. You oh, know, he, he, okay. He, he jump started BET with the videos years ago. But uh, it's um, it's one of those things, man. You know, like like you said, I wouldn't trade a second of my journey, man. It was mm-hmm. the good, the bad, the ups and downs. You know, I wouldn't trade the, you know, the, the bombs, you know, because that that's all uh, 
came together to create, you know, the the perspective. You know, I think you 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 get better comedically the older you get in your perspective on life. And um, you know, I watch I watch people that are big time great comedians that are, aren't saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, or 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 don't have any real perspective and hopefully I have that, you know. What do you see going forward here? I know you have a you have a radio show mm-hmm. right now, Rodney Perry Live on IBNX Radio. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that that's online. But I know you've also filled in for like the Ryan Cameron Morning Show. I have. So like, are you are you looking to springboard into you know syndication here? I, I would love to be on terrestrial radio. I think I got. I think I think radio has a space for somebody my in my lane, somebody that's not as old as the Tom Joyners and the Steve Harveys, but not a young guy either, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's a grown man. Uh, he's got opinions and positions. And uh, so I, and I think there's an underserved community. Those of us that are, you know, 35 to 45 are kind of underserved. It's either really old school or really young. And so there's a big hunk of people in the middle that are, I think getting kind of left out. And uh, that that's kind of my group. And I think I could speak to that, that generation, you know, uh, sonically on the radio. But, you know, that's just one of the things that I do, man. I mean, you know, I, somebody said you should have seven streams of income. So that's that's always my goal. You know, I think now I'm up to three or four. Okay. You know, but. Yeah, seven streams of income is what I'm headed. I'm, I'm working toward. You're writing. I know you. I think a game show in the works right now as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I start working on a game show with uh, some friends of mine, comedians out of New York. They were working on it, and they let me yeah, uh, hear it, and and I was like, that's kind of a good idea. And it was just a bit. It was a sketch. Okay. And I was like, you know, that that could that could have some legs. So we start working on it, and so we've got some some bites over at Game Show Network and some other places. So, you know, without giving it all away, it it, it might be coming sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all you can give away right now, though. That's all we can give away right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I try not to jinx myself. I feel you at this yeah. point in your career, yeah, you're I'm, like, I'm, it's I'm never like, done till it's you over. You don't want to have that look on your face. <laughs> you, tell, hey, you know, it's coming, baby. <laughs> huh? Oh no. <laughs> You've worked. I'll get you out of here. I know you're a very busy man, but you've worked. I mean, also with like a Steve Harvey and all talking about streams of income, oh, TV show, oh radio show, and awesome. you've worked also, you know, on Tyler Perry movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So are you, you're wanting to do it all pretty much, be your own like RP Entertainment Live, uh, like a whole uh, brand. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they're all different disciplines. You know, I mean, I think as a, as a as an artist, you, you get to, you just get to use, you know, different mediums, you know, I mean, if I was a painter, I would probably still like clay, you know, so that's, that's, that's what the other things are like, you know, I'm a stand up first, but I really like acting, mm-hmm. you know, I like that expression, you know, uh, I like, I like my improv group, you know, I like sharing with a group of people that, 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 that appreciate it. You know that that'll it'll help their stand up. It'll help their the comedy, or if they're a regular person, it'll help them find themselves. So that's always good for me. Um, uh, the radio show I created a radio show because I couldn't get on air. Hmm. I couldn't get on air to advertise my comedy shows. It's all it all everything comes back to comedy. You know, I created the radio show because it was becoming increasingly di- difficult with syndication to get on and advertise. 
So I was like, why not just do my own show and advertise my show? So the top of every show is where's Rodney going to be this next coming, you know, weeks. Mm -hmm. And so that's, 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 that's one part that's going to stay and probably never change. Um, So, you know, whether it's acting, writing, producing, you know, all that stuff is the same to me. You know, I, I like to stay busy. Like I very, very rarely have a down day and, uh, and even today, which was kind of a down day for me, we chat. Right. You know, and uh, I'm probably going to turn that game on a little while. <laughs> be down here funky the rest of the day. <laughs> pushing buttons. I appreciate you sacrificing the time. I mean, this little bit but that you have. This is part of it, though. Right. You, you got to practice this. Like, I had to learn how to do an interview. You know. I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm still sure, learning. Yeah. I'm sure even talking to people, you know, you could tell when you're talking to a good talker and when you're not. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And everybody ain't, everybody that's funny ain't good at being themselves. Yeah. They're like, they're a professional speaker. And then you interview them. They're like, you know, just on stage. <laughs> no stories. No, no, no anecdotes. No. <laughs> just on stage. Where'd you start? Uh, Atlanta. Ah! All right, cool. <laughs> Wait, All right. But uh, I, <laughs> they're texting. You, you look at the little thing. You're like, that's okay. Four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like twenty. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Rodman like cut me off at like thirty five minutes. She's like, uh, "How long did I allot this time?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm over. I was like, "Oh, oh, my bad." He's like, "Yeah, we good on this. Yeah, we good." Like, <laughs> How you gonna stop the interview <laughs> in the middle of the interview? <laughs> okay, but you were someone when I started this podcast. You were someone I was like, I have to get on. You were the first person actually. I came on your radio show. Mm-hmm. You were the first person to be like, "Yeah, come on," you know. Market yourself, you know, yeah. tell us what it's all about and everything. Because yeah. I like, as I'm talking to you, you've been doing things your way. You have opportunities. You're like, I could see that path, but you know, I'm, I'm my own brand and you know, I want to keep just following my instincts right. and not just do everything for the money. Yeah. And I know one thing you're known for, I just want to bring this up because it was a fun fact is you're into fashion and you maybe want to start incorporating that into your brand, <laughs> but yet you're colorblind, which, oh God, which doesn't match at all. Yeah. That just, <laughs> that was something I wrote down. I just wanted to say out loud on this podcast <laughs> really because we're winding down I here. I don't know if I'm into fashion because like a lot of the stuff that they do, I don't like, but I, you know, my mom always say be classic, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I, I try to stay away from the, the current fad, Mm-hmm. You know, like like those long jackets everybody was wearing about five or six years ago, the Steve Harvey suit. Mm-hmm. It was like, come on, dude. Did I did I have one? Yes. <laughs> but just one. I didn't I didn't have to get rid of, you know, ten suits, you know. So, you know, you I always look for classic cuts, classic lines. My color blindness, you'll see me do pops of color. You'll very seldom see me with blends. Stuff that goes together. You'll see me mm-hmm. either if I'm wearing blue, I'm wearing blue. <laughs> you know, if I'm wearing black, I I do a lot of blacks. You know, like even now on stage, I've been doing a lot of blacks on stage when I work. You know, I mean, this is the first year I'm on stage with like t-shirts and jackets on, yeah. and that's dressed way down for me. But you know, I mean, you know, you start looking at the cleaning bill, you're like, yo, Whew. my cleaning bill is easily easily five six thousand dollars a year, if not more. Wow, easily. Easily. Do you see that as a new stream of income? Maybe bringing in clothing, maybe some cigars. I know that's another part of I enjoy cigars, and I probably spend way more money than I should on that hobby. Uh, would I like to get in the cigar business? I wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe down the line, 
you know, I, I really shy away from things that I think is going to take away from comedy. Boom. Like, like I won't go on cruise ships because I don't want to get stuck out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I won't exclusively play colleges, you know, because I don't want to get stuck in colleges. You know, I know guys that are stuck in colleges because they start making an income and they start being accustomed to that lifestyle. It's hard to divorce her now. It's hard to divorce Miss College. Yeah, she she's paying. Well. She's fucking. She's paying. Yeah. So you got that, you know. So I, I call those like comedy pitfalls or side roads. You can end up on the side road and not be able to figure out how to get back, mm. you know. And I, I've seen that happen to people, you know. If you marry the wrong woman, she can steal your joy. I've seen women steal guys' joy. <laughs> you know, I, this one dude, his name was Tony Spires. He used to uh, do comedy in the Bay. He was like, when we were Rudy Poots, he was the man. And uh, he was telling us one day, I was like, you know, how big he was at one point. He was about to take off. And I was like, Tony, what happened? He said, that bitch stole my joy. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you've got a great family and a great wife. Um, but before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, what do I want people to know, man? Mm. Um, I'm kind of an asshole. If if there's anything that people don't know about me, like if you've never like competed against me in anything, then you you may not know. But like my guys that play Madden against me, or you know that people get a call in the middle of the night. Yeah, man. You know how you doing, man? You all right? Why are you calling me, Rodney? I just want to make sure you're good, man, because I know we played the game earlier. <laughs> if you've never gotten one of those calls, then you don't really know me. You know, I, I am. I'm, I'm a good. I'm a good loser, but I'm a way worse winner. <laughs> you know, so I'm 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 an asshole in that respect, and I'm I'm super competitive. You know, mm-hmm. like even in even at comedy, I mean, which is not really a competitive sport. I feel like you should be always trying to win. You know, uh, my acting coach, Tasha Smith, used to tell us that you're always, even if you're in a scene, you should be trying to one-up the, the, your, your, the person you're in a scene with every line. Mm. Every line is a chance to, because that's going to advance and that's going to make that person better. So don't be afraid to compete. Don't be afraid of that. So, you know, I I, I believe in that, man. I'm, I, I'm, you know, this where this is not a competition, it is a competition. You know, because it's not like a race, but the competition is so you can put the most maximum effort in. Yeah, you want to do well. You want to put the maximum effort in. If you've done, I try, same thing I require my kids. If you can look at me in the face and say, Dad, I did my best, then we can, we can, we can figure everything else out. Because... You know, I'm not going to remember this test in 15 years. Right. Did you give it? Did you do your best? Now, if you're dumb, <laughs> your best is going to yield some dumb stuff. But it, but if you're not dumb and you're doing your best, you should be all right. The wisdom of Rodney yeah. Benjamin Perry. <laughs> you got me Benji. Benji. <laughs> well, let the people know where they can keep up with you and all this wisdom, social media and all that. <laughs> yeah. If you want any of my bullshit... <laughs> All the social media is Rodney Perry. The website is rodneyperry.com. Um most of the social media is Rodney Perry. The Instagram is Rodney Perry Live. Mm-hmm. This will date you. Okay. Th- this little spiel, 
I, I got tapes of me going, hit me on my MySpace. <laughs> Someday we'll listen to this and go, wow, how long ago was that? Yeah. It'll be like shock value. <laughs> Are you on shock value? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'll be something. It'll be something. Shock value. You're gonna have, Man, your own have you heard about shock value? It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like people actually follow you <laughs> like physically i have ten thousand followers right now look at them hey guys hey they're like Woo! shock value it's real people you can buy them but you've always been ahead of the curve because you were making viral videos you said like a decade ago Dude, man. i was making i was, I was like sometimes you like you like i really missed that if i'd have made 15 more viral videos i could have been one of the viral video guys I was way ahead of that. Uh-huh. I was way. I was doing. I was talking to the camera years ago. Yeah, in my bathroom, in Inglewood, California. You know, and like a handheld camera with you know, a real like like camera. A camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, camera and uh, video camera. VH, not VHS, but like some of the first digital cameras yeah. that they had out. I had one of those, and you know, I've always kind of been interested in technology. You know, I'm kind of a tech techie head i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that stuff you know like i was like looking at your little setup like that's dope yeah (laughs) like that but you can rent it i'm sure i can (laughs) i might take you up on that actually and you're on periscope one of those pooping and stuff too i will you'll be on there i will i will take a dump on periscope yeah i've done it before (laughs) it it was it, it was really a um a test in who would watch Oh. Who would who would sit there and chat with me? <laughs> and believe it or not, be I did one one time. I called silence, and I just sit down and say nothing for like over ten minutes, and it was like like seventy people watching me. Whoa! In the middle of the night, silence. <laughs> nothing. What do you think's next? If that's where it is now, like Truman Show. <sighs> I mean, this kind of is the Truman Show. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I, I don't know what's next, man. I, I think, you know, uh, what, what would I just say the name of it was? Shock Value? Shock Value. Shock Value is next, baby. You may, you may, you may want to copyright <laughs> that. Coin that. Shock Value. Value. Real people, follow you. <laughs> well, I will. That would be a great sketch, though, right? <laughs> that, that would be funny. You could do that with your Never uh, Deny class. Epic proportion. Yeah, you could do one of those with Never Deny. People follow you around. Shock Value. I see you on Shock Value, and then you pan back and see all these people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about getting on, but it's just too—it's just too much, you know. But then everybody following you is watching a live broadcast of you. Yeah, they're, they're not, not even actually watching at you. you. They're, they're looking watching, at their phones, <laughs> watching you. They're watching you. See, look. <laughs> Shock Value. <laughs> Well, that was a great name. <laughs> whenever you get that, man, I, I will be on Shock Value following Rodney. Hilarious! I, I'm a fan and look forward to seeing the brand continue to grow, sir. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure, Joe Byers. I'm a fan. Well, thank you, Rodney. Perry. I am. I am indeed. Thank you. You I know. don't pander. I don't pander. You no. never pander. And you were so cool the first time we met. Like I hit you up on Twitter, like, "Hey, would you like to go see Louis C.K.?" And then we're like Ooh, going to that see that was dope we're going to see louis ck at the fox and you don't even really know me and you're just like all right yeah let's go sure. i mean first of all you don't turn down louis ck that's true that's true you, now give you a louis ck story louis ck was one of the writers on cedric's sketch show okay that i was that i was the warm-up guy on uh-huh. and i remember so vividly and i was like i'm like i should have made friends with him oh, <laughs> oh man <laughs> 
I, I, I want to run into him like and have a moment where I can ask him to even remember me. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, I was the man. The one guy? Yeah. That 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 kind of saved us during that time because I was getting $1,500 a week. No, take that. That's a lie. $1,500 a day. And what? I was working twice a week. What? I was doing Thursday and Friday. 300 people in the audience. Live show. 3000 a week. And you're just doing like crowd work and stuff, I guess? It, it's audience warm-up. You know, anytime you see a you very seldom see a live studio audience anymore. Mm-hmm. But anytime you see a live studio audience or you hear a live studio audience, somebody's job is to keep them energized for that two hours to three hours that they're there. And that was my job. Phew. I had a, uh, <laughs> I had, they, we just had groups come in. So I had this group of uh, like handicapped kids, like uh, physically challenged kids. Mm-hmm. And I was walking back and forth, cracking the audience, you know, cracking jokes and stuff. <laughs> What's that? I heard somebody go, oh, boo-boo. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, this young man is calling. You need somebody. Oh, my God. That's a different kind of boo right there. No, that was, that, <laughs> that a, was a terrible boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's that's a good one to end on. Thank you so much for your time and all yeah, your man. wisdom, man. Hey, thank you. Thank Joe you, Joe Byers. Rodney Perry. Love it. All right. So what did you think of that interview? I'm gonna call you back. Did you like the interview? Oh yeah, it was dope. That was a good interview. Yeah, it was dope. Okay, good. What it's all about? Trying to you know do quality stuff for the ATO comedy. What a great gift for all to hear. A Merry Perry Christmas, I call it. Thank you, Rodney, and thank you, listener, for tuning in to this fun-filled hot breath. If you like this episode, please let us know on iTunes. You can also hit us up on social media, at Hot Breath Pod and at Joel Byers Comedy. We just passed 100 followers on Twitter and would love to pass 100 iTunes reviews, too. So, let's make that a goal for uh, 2017. Because at this pace, that's probably how fast we'll get those 100 reviews. You know, we're at 67 right now, so if you want to do what you want, do what you feel, that's fine. If you you don't want to support a kid's dreams, that's fine. But I digress. I must also thank you for listening, is what I meant to say. And also thank you to my engineer, Amon Garner. You can find him on Facebook for all of your music needs. And also, Aaron Rodgers for making this, what has become, iconic theme song. You can catch her out on social media, at Aaron A. Rodgers. But that is all for now. Please hit up our iTunes. Please hit up our iTunes. Please hit up our iTunes. And in the meantime, we have a dandy one lined up next week. So remember to keep breathing with hot breath. Oh, oh.